I'm Bree. And I'm Jamie. Tell us about that one time. Hey. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. We have a very early edition of Abduction Hotline. I feel like we always do Abduction Hotline late at night. It's like when you call in, you tell the stories. But today we have a nice middle of the day one. So I'm super excited about it. So Bree, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? Our next guest is Josh Casey. You guys might recognize him from the Times podcast. And we've been wanting to talk to him for a while because um, I'm sure if you guys know him, he is full of experiences. He's quite an experiencer. So we're pretty excited to get him on the show today and learn everything that we can about this lovely man. So welcome, 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 Josh, to the Surprise! show. Surprise. Oh, hey. How's your doing? Hello, hello. We are so wonderful. We're really excited to hear you and your story. Me and Brie both heard um, a little bit of your story on Sunny's podcast. And I know Brie was like, she came to me and she was like, oh my God, Jamie, we have to talk to Josh. I love his story. I love his enthusiasm and his passion. And he, his story is so fantastic that we have to talk about it with him. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I was like, ooh, I'm on the same page. So where would you like to begin um i usually start at my my near-death experience to be honest mm-hmm. oh that makes sense mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. and i'm a former skeptic i just want to put that out there i think we're all former skeptics you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah um i mean i was a hardcore former skeptic even the the very first sighting i had was like five or six years ago at the cape Fear river where people who know chris Bledsoe. That's where he had his experience, and I'm pretty close with the Bledsoe family. But um, I was in denial about it for about five years, and, and um, yeah, I just didn't know how to wrap my head around it. And um, I saw it with my best friend, who I had the near-death experience with. Actually, we were both hit by a drunk driver. Oh my gosh! So um, let me to go ahead and get into that. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Uh-huh. Okay, um, so um, a year, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, about a month after I graduated high school, I was uh, driving with my, my best friend, his little sister, and we were going to his house, and, um, and I need to add in that we spoke to a military recruiter, um, like about an hour or so before we got hit by this drunk driver, but we were going to his house, and we were about... 100 yards from pulling into the driveway and for some reason and this is the thing that blows everybody's mind it blows my mind too um i leaned my seat back and i put both my feet out the passenger window i just crossed my legs and leaned the seat back you know and um a few minutes or maybe in seconds i heard my best friend you know he goes oh shit and i looked at him and he's gripping the steering wheel and his eyes are you know big and i look forward and for like a split second i see this big white pickup truck and everything just went black after that and next thing i know i wake up and i don't know what's going on i'm spitting out some of my teeth you know my both my legs are pulled all the way my knees are pulled up to my chest actually and this arm right here is pushed all the way up against my face and yeah i i didn't feel any pain like they say your pain receptors just shut down sometimes if you feel too much so i really thought i was dreaming for a second and um yeah i remember sitting there really uh trying to like 
figure out where I was and what was going on. And then I realized, you know, I'm stuck in this car and we got hit. And um, I just remember sitting there thinking to myself, you know, this I get chills whenever I say this part. Right? <laughs> um, a lot of people talk about whenever they have a near death experience that they see, uh, you know, see like a tunnel of white light or they're coming out of their body. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't experience that, but what I did experience was it felt like time slowed down. Like, I mean, really slowed down and it's almost like I was watching a movie from, I want to say outside my body, but I wasn't literally outside my body, you know, just everything felt so, so surreal, you know? Um, and I really remember thinking to myself, like, this is it. Like, I'm not going to make it out of this. And uh, my best friend, you know, he tells me he's over there. He's, he broke his femur bone his, um, and shattered his kneecap. And I remember him looking at me and telling me, you know, they're going to get me out. It's going to be okay. And I just thought to myself that, that this is it, you know. And I actually told my best friend, you know, um, I'm not going to make it. You know, it's, it's okay. And, um, I mean, I literally told him it's okay. And I just remember seeing the panic on his face, you know. And I really remember thinking to myself, like, I could, it's like so vivid, like, it's like HD, like more realistic than actual reality, I guess. And um, I just remember seeing like that emotion on his face, you know, him panicking, you know, whenever, whenever I told him that. But um, I only remember like bits and pieces of actually being in the car, but I was stuck in the vehicle for an hour and a half. And um, they were cutting me out and my family, almost all of my family that lived there, my mother, my father, my, my sisters, my, my, um, my uncle, just brother-in-law, just a lot of people. And my best friend's parents too, because they, you know, they were a hundred yards down the road and they saw the truck flying by and they heard a huge bang. They thought the truck had hit the bridge down there. Excuse me. They run down his parents and run up to us. And, you know, his, his, parents had told me you know they didn't realize until they got right up to the vehicle that like you know holy shit that's their vehicle and that's their kids and me in it and um yeah i just remember whenever i told my best friend that i wasn't going to make it his mother actually almost fainted um i remember that i remember seeing her eyes look like they're about to like roll in the back of her head but um the firefighter started cutting me out and like i said it's bits and pieces but it's really vivid and I remember actually asking this firefighter, you know, um, um, am I gonna, am I gonna make it, you know? And when I, I asked him if I was gonna die, you know, he said, "No, my watch." I remember that so perfect. And then um, they, the last thing I remember was them pulling me out. And this is after you know they got earmuffs on me and glasses, and they're cutting and there's sparks flying everywhere, and they had to pull the whole entire top of the the vehicle, you know, cut the whole entire top of the car off. But whenever they pulled me out. I remember looking down for a moment and my right foot, I'm going to sugarcoat this a little bit because it's pretty graphic, but it was, my toes were pointing behind me. My foot was like twisted all the way around and it looked like it was like, it was just barely hanging on. You know, it was severed more than halfway through. And um, when I say severed, I don't mean like cut. I mean like torn off, you know, it, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty graphic. <laughs> um, the um the thing that still blows my mind to this day is for one i don't think i've ever put my feet out of a vehicle in my life i can't remember any time that i've done that and like i said you know i did it right before we got hit 
I found out afterwards, and I've even got pictures um, of the vehicle, that the dashboard glove compartment was pushed all the way up against me. And it turned out if my feet would have been inside the vehicle, both my legs have been totally crushed. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> they actually asked me, you know, did you pull your legs up whenever you saw the truck coming? And I'm like, no, you know, I didn't see the truck coming. Um, and after that, uh, I woke up uh, a week later in a coma they actually flew me on a helicopter to chapel hill um on life support and um yeah uh, so i've got seven screws in my ankle um i broke my right leg my my thumb was almost cut off as well and i broke almost every finger in my, my hand um my jaw was completely shattered i have three plates in my jaw and um my right arm was also shattered i have a titanium rod going all the way up my arm right here a huge scar that goes all the way down um i'm sorry i know it's really graphic but no you, know, you have to talk about like it happened to you like as graphic as it is like this was a reality of your life and you have to talk about it yeah definitely um yeah and um so um I was in the hospital for a month afterwards. My jaw was wired shut for four months. And I'd eat everything through oh. a stall. I lost, I lost uh, like 35 pounds within a month. Oh um, my god! Yeah, I looked like a, a skeleton. I was so bad. I was and like, I was, you're, you're like a naturally kind of thin person. Like you, you weren't heavy I at the time. Were you? Yeah. Oh, well, actually, I back then I, I was really into working out. So I'm trying to get back into it now, but I was um. I was almost 200 pounds and I was, I'm not going to say I was bulky, but I was in really good shape. But you were built. Um, yeah. 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 But still kind of slim, you know, but I lost all of that muscle, you know, within a month. Um, yeah. It's, uh, so um, can I ask when, yes. when that happened, were you at all afraid? Cause you said that you <clears throat> told your friend, I'm not going to make it. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It sounds very calm to say that or were you more hysterical? I'm sure having all your family there would add intensity to all of that. Yeah. It, um, no, actually, um, that's just crazy. I mean, I do remember when I first, you know, realized what was going on. I'm like, holy shit, you know, this is, this is bad. You know, it's, it's really happening. But um, that's what's really crazy about it. I felt, it's going to sound weird, but I felt like I was accepting it. Like I felt mm -hmm. okay. And um, I... When I say this, I, I literally mean I really rem remember thinking to myself, what's about to happen next? Like after I, I was accepting that, you know, this is it. I remember thinking to myself, um, you know, what's going to happen after, you know, I leave here. And um, and before this happened, I was really conflicted on whether I can believe in an afterlife or anything. But um, I felt at peace. I don't know how to, I don't know why or how to explain it really, but I remember when i told my friend you know that this is okay i started feeling this this warmness like this heat just but it was it wasn't bad you know it was like almost soothing and i know that sounds really strange but that's whenever i remember just thinking you know, it's, it's going to be okay whatever happens after i leave here it's going to be all right and um i remember thinking to myself am i going to go to hell <laughs> it's so strange but i really remember thinking it and i thought afterwards you know no i'm not a bad person you know that's whenever i tell myself you know it's going to be okay whatever happens Wow. Um, did you want to 
ask anything else about that because there's something else that I need to add to no, that. No, keep going. Yeah, please. Okay, so um, when I told a story, um, I, I kind of jumped back and forth in time, you know, just because that's just the way that it, it's easier for me to explain. Mm-hmm. So almost exactly a year before I got hit by this truck driver, I had an experience which I just recently found out. I'd been thinking this, you know, like the past year that it, it could be possibly um, uh, astral projection. And um, I didn't even know what that was back then. So, um, and I found out from Preston Bennett, actually, he, um, he was on my show. He's my second guest. And whenever I explained everything to him about this, he said it sounds exactly like the astral projection. So, um, and when I say it was almost a year before, I mean, it's three, three days from exactly a year. I know that because I wrote down this dream. I wrote down every detail of it. So um, I come home one day and I, I was working out really hard. I was, you know, just exhausted. As soon as I walk in, I lay down on my couch in my living room. And, um, I remember waking up and when I stood up and got up off the couch, I immediately fell straight to the floor. I had this like horrible, intense vertigo. And um, I mean, like my head was just spinning and it was like, um, like a throbbing, you know, sensation. And I mean, it felt physical. Like I can, I still remember today exactly how that felt. Um, that's why I've always thought that, um, you know, whenever I, I fell to the floor, I realized I wasn't dreaming, um, obviously. So, but um, I mean, I wasn't awake. Sorry. So um, I stand up and I'm pounding. I mean, my my head is pounding. I'm sorry. And I have to actually I get tongue tied sometimes. So I actually have to use the walls to hold myself up. You know, prop myself up. And I'm trying to get to the back of my house to my what was my old bedroom at the time. And um, I I used to leave this detail out because it's really creepy. And um, this is actually a really positive experience for me. And um, I just used to not like talk about this part because it kind of just weirded me out. I told like Chad Smith and a couple people this privately. And um, I was really weird. So whenever I first stood up and I was trying to get to the back of my room, my head is spinning. There was this person in my living room and he looked like one of my friends at the time, but he wasn't my friend. And I noticed because he was just standing there completely still. He had no emotion whatsoever on his face and his eyes were like solid black just um creepy as hell you know and recently people have been telling me about like black-eyed children and stuff like that and i never heard of anything like that but um it's just like he's observing me so weird Mm -hmm. i remember when i was i was holding myself up on the wall i remember looking at him and it's like he made direct eye contact with me it's just like he was staring straight into my soul. It's so fucking weird. I get chills right now talking about it. So it like it it looked like him, but it didn't feel like him. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and I feel like if it was genuinely him, like you would have been able to feel him oh, and not just like he, like he could have looked like anything, and you probably would have been able to feel his presence. So like the yeah. looking like and the not and the not connecting with is alarming. Yeah. Was it? Were um, you like frightened by that feeling though, or were you just like, "This is weird," or were you like, I, "This thing is evil. Get away from me." I just remembered, for some reason, I just I felt this urge to get to my bedroom, and whenever I like ah. like I locked eye contact with him, I I do remember thinking you know, like, "What in the hell is that?" You know, it's not my friend. And like I said, he stood just dead still, and um, so Preston Dennett, whenever I was telling him about this as well, he was telling me about 
um, God, I can't remember what it's called, but how there's stories of things. Um, you know, he, he said it could have been like an evil spirit, or it could have been even something extraterrestrial, extra dimensional, and it was just using that as you know, like a like a mask. He, yeah, yeah, pretty much. He's another word I can't remember what he called it. But, um, so yeah, I, I go to the kitchen, you know, get back to my bedroom, and my head is still pounding, spinning the whole time. And whenever I get to the door that, that was my old bedroom, I open this door, and um, immediately my head stopped spinning. I felt fine, but I was not in my bedroom. It was this huge, empty box room, kind of like a garage. And um, I need to add in that this dream was linear. You know, my dreams are always a scattered mess, you know, just random bits of stuff. This dream, I remember, like, step by step. It's, it wasn't like a dream. It's like I was living through this experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, even, you know, for like the past you know 10 years you know before i believe in any of this other stuff i always thought that was more than a dream just because of how realistic it built so uh, i get into this big empty box room and it, there's a man sitting at the fold up steel chair and he's got a chair in front of him facing him like he's waiting for me and he has he has white hair he has a hat on has a button-up shirt is tucked in and um, jeans and boots and my head stopped spinning. I, I was confused, but, you know, I just, I guess, I don't know why I, I sat in front of him. I, I, just, I could tell that he was waiting for me. And I, I do remember thinking to myself, like, you know, what is this? What's going on? And um, I just sat down in front of him really slow. And um, he just looked at me and he, he crossed his legs. And he said, it's really nice to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. And then he, he nodded his head like that to the back. There was a door in the back of the room behind him. And he said, there's somebody who wants to see you. And um, I don't say any word to him, and I don't recognize this man. I don't know who he was. So I get up and I walk to the back of the room, and whenever I go through this door, immediately I'm <clears throat> immediately I'm in front of my grandparents' house, and it's you know everything is so like I said earlier, like really HD, really, I mean so high definition. I don't know how to explain this, but it's like the colors were so vibrant, like the the green grass, the sky everything it's like it was like like the grass it's like it was more green than actual green if that makes any mm-hmm. sense no absolutely um and everything just it, like i felt like all my senses were dialed up to 11 like um that's the other reason i just never thought that this is a real dream because i, I could i remember mm-hmm. feeling you know like whenever i walked out this door and as soon as i you know was transported in front of my grandparents house i remember like feeling my eyes water up for a second because the sun you know just was really bright oh and, um the house, like um, and the house was painted the same color that was um, when my grandfather was alive. And uh, my grandfather, he passed away whenever I was like um, eight or nine years old, mm-hmm. and um, we we're really close. You know, everybody, everybody said that I was his favorite grand grandchild, even though he wouldn't say that. You know, but mm-hmm. I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah. But I remember walking up to this door. He said, yeah, um, somebody else just said that same thing down there, the DMC thing, <laughs> from like, just like a couple of days ago. It's weird. Um, so I walk up to his door, and um, whenever I knock on the door, I already knew. I don't know why, but like I knew that my grandfather was going to answer the door. Like I just yeah. knew it. And um, I knock on the door, and like, sure enough, as soon as I knock, he opens up the door. Like, he already knew I was coming. And I tell people this. That um in this dream, when I saw him, 
I can remember him better from this dream that I actually do as a child. It's it's like he was right there in front of me. It's mm-hmm. so realistic. And I tried to say something to him, and um, my voice just started cracking on up, and uh, you know, I was about to break down. You know, I was just so emotional. Um, I can't explain it, the way that I felt. And he just gives me a hug, and he tells me everything's going to be okay. And I wake up, and whenever I woke up, everything okay? Sorry. Yeah, you're good. So whenever I wake up, I felt it felt like electricity was running through my body. Um, I mean, I remember feeling it felt like I was in shock, really. Just and um, it was like a mix of emotions, like kind of freaked out, but at the same time, I was really, you know, um, I guess just grateful, like humble that that I actually got to see my grandfather. And um, you know, I stand up and you know, I'm just like, what the hell was that? And it turned out I was only asleep for like a few minutes. That's what oh, that's was always really wild about that kind of so stuff. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, literally, like not even you know five or ten minutes. I remember looking at my phone and I'm like, "What the hell?" Like, because it felt like felt a like, lifetime when you were in there, right? <laughs> it felt like at least an hour, you know, um, or maybe not an hour, but you know, it felt like way longer than you know mm-hmm. the five mm-hmm. ten minutes that I was actually asleep. Um, yeah, I, I still that's that weirds me out. But um, I go looking you know for somebody to tell my little sister she's outside on the porch i start telling her and she just looks at me like i'm crazy <laughs> um i go back inside and i go to my, my mother mm-hmm. and um my mother's half a blackfoot native american mm-hmm. um i'm a quarter and um she's always been really big into dreams I and mean, she has dream mm-hmm, catchers mm-hmm. all over her walls and when i start telling her she she could tell just by the way that i was acting that something happened to me you know and um I started telling her, and you know, she's actually like getting kind of emotional whenever I'm telling her about it because it's her father that I hugged, you know. But um, what really caught her off guard was the man that was in the chair, sitting there waiting for me. The, you know, the guy who said it was nice to meet me, and mm-hmm. she asked me again to explain this guy. And whenever I explained it to her, like she didn't even say anything. She just grabbed the phone and she called my grandmother. And um, my grandmother, that's the one whose whose house, you know, I was. And whenever I knocked on the door. Um, she's still alive today, and it um, this I don't know how to explain this. So, my great grandfather, I've never seen him. I've never seen a picture of him. My mother um told me that that sounded exactly like my great grandfather, and he was killed uh, about a month or two before I was born. Um, some robbers broke into his house and they killed him, and um, so my my mother and my grandmother, you know, they're, they're talking on the phone. They had told me my entire life, and um, I just thought this was like a nice story. Um, I never thought about the fact that nobody else in my family has a story like this. That um, the day, the day that I was born, um, not even 24 hours old, they're in the hospital with me. They um, they said it got really eerie and quiet, and they saw an apparition of my great grandfather, and it was. It was such a shock. Like my mother, she almost started crying. You know, it blew her mind. Yeah. And they they tell me that they saw my great grandfather in me. <clears throat> I don't know. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know what that means. How to explain that? And they don't either. My mother just says, "I don't know, Josh. He was just he was there. He was in you." So they, they told me my whole life that he was he's my like guardian angel. You know. And um, you know, I just I always thought it was a nice story, but now I look at it whole lot different obviously completely differently now yeah sure 
Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, um, I, know, I know that was a lot. <laughs> um, no, but you know what's yeah. interesting about the story and the way that you tell it too is like, when you started telling the story, it was a completely different path and a journey. And I think the longer that you go on and the more that you delve into the subject, the more connections that you start to make. And it it happens over time and you become very, um, you just, you start to become more aware because that kind of happened for me and Brie. Like we, we thought about our experiences as very surface. And then the more and more we researched into the topic and had conversations with people, the more and more we realized that it went back a lot farther than we thought it did. And that, you know, these phenomenons maybe have been with us a lot longer than we are consciously aware of at the time. Definitely. Wow. <clears throat> That's um, pretty heavy stuff. Do you all know Barbara Jean Lindsay? Have you heard of her? Yes. Um, she's awesome. She's a she's gonna be on my channel on uh, Valentine's Day. Oh, cool. She, oh, nice. She, she has told me that um, or she asked me, do have I ever thought that maybe I could like I could be reincarnated, I guess, from my great grandfather, and I never oh. thought about that. You know, um, you know, it's just something that she put out there. Yeah, because he died, um, what, a few months before you were born. Mm-hmm. So that's, the timeline is a huge possibility. Yeah, like they saw the apparition. Um, and he was just really, you know, closed off kind of person. So I've never seen a picture of him or anything. But yeah, you know, my mother told me that day, you know, she's like, he always wore a hat. He took his shirt, he took his shirt in. He had white hair. You know, it's, it's just pretty spot on, you know. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And then, um. I think about, you know, him telling me it's going to be okay. And then the fact that it was almost exactly a year afterwards that I had that near-death experience, you know. So, yeah. And then your mom seeing his his presence inside the hospital, like it's it goes, it's so much more connected the more you dig into it and the more you're, you know, talking about these. And it's interesting too, because you say that there's parts of these stories that you don't talk about, but the parts of the story that you don't talk about as much are the parts that kind of link it all together and kind of have this thread go through it. Yeah, and um, so like the the black eyed uh, being, whatever. Um, like I said, I, I've left that out for God, like ten years. I've, I've told people this story, but I always left that part out just because it creeped me out. And yeah. um, you know, Preston was telling me that you know the fact that my head was spinning and I had that vertigo that maybe whenever I woke up, I was kind of like in a in between state, you know. Um, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it does. So. And it sounds like you, the act of like you going through to your room and it being that other space is like you were pulling yourself out of that and going to that other side. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. And um, like I was going up levels or something, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that I, when I told him when I was in front of my grandparents' house, like how vibrant everything was, you know, like super HD, he said other people have said stuff like that whenever they have, you know, um, like astral projections and stuff and um that's somebody else just told me the dmt thing the other day but um yeah it's um it's weird like how i didn't piece all of this together until here recently when i just started linking things up you know yeah absolutely <clears throat> that's a crazy way to start it so can you tell us about like okay so so that was kind of like the very beginning but when was your first like conscious ufo experience that kind of kicked off the chain of events that made you understand that all these things were connected and and there was a bigger picture happening 
Oh, I think you froze my Josh. Oh, there you are. Okay. Um, so, um, okay. First I need to, I need to tell you one thing real quick. Yeah, please. Um, even before, um, I started having these sightings, I've had, uh, a lot of synchronicities and, um, mm-hmm. I didn't even know what, I didn't know what synchronicities were until about a couple of years ago or so. Um, so this, I, I still don't know. I don't know. I used to, it used to make me mad to be honest. I used to tell people it was like God had a cool sense of humor or something. Um, so the man that hit me today, I mean, like right now, um, he lives across the street from my mother. And wow. My, yeah. And my mother didn't, I know it's, you know, it's like some shovel movie and I'm um, still live there today, you know? And um, she didn't move there until like five years after my accident. And wow. she got she didn't even realize it at first, you know. By um, accident. No, yeah. that's yeah, nothing it's, is a coincidence. <clears throat> yeah. Um so I um sorry, what did your outlook says, change after your experience? Positively or negatively? Um so the the dream I always that that changed my entire life, really. Seeing my grandfather, but I didn't know I didn't believe in any of the other stuff, you know, like as far as like paranormal, see, I just thought it was, you know, like I, my father, my grandfather came to me in a dream or something, or mm-hmm. I learned about like lucid dreaming and stuff. So I thought maybe that was it. I didn't know anything about astral projection, but, um, that definitely changed me. Um, I mean, like the same day I had a dream, I wrote it down, like every little detail and yeah, it, um, it, it was extremely pivotal. So, um, I don't want to get into too much detail about, um, so I tell people like the first four or five years after my accident, I, um, I was going through a lot of really, um, so I'm sorry. I spent, um, six months in a wheelchair after I got hit by that drunk driver and I had to go through another year of physical therapy. I had to literally learn how to walk again. And, um, you know, at first I was just extremely I was dedicated, you know, to like prove my doctor wrong. Cause like my doctor told me that I would be in a, in a wheelchair for at least a year and that I'll probably be on a cane if I didn't get my ankle fused within a few years. And I never got my ankle fused because you can't undo that, you know? And um, I'm actually trying to get an ankle replacement. I've been looking into that. And um, it's just really complex. It's a lot harder than like a knee or a hip replacement. But today the medical science is a lot better. Mm-hmm. So, um, I told him, no, you know, I'm going to wait and see if medical science gets better. And one day I can get an ankle replacement. And, you know, he told me back then it's a bad decision. You're going to be on a cane within a few years. And it's been 11 years today and I'm not on a cane or anything. Um, I mean, my ankle, you know, I feel pain all the time, but um, it's, I can bear it. Um, I got really into uh, quantum physics, like the whole consciousness stuff. Like, you know, I was trying to focus on like mind over matter, the whole to deal with my pain really is the reason. And sometimes I think that's what made me a little more open-minded to accepting the things that I'm experiencing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, after I went through all that physical therapy and learned to walk again, I started getting really um, depressed just because I, I didn't heal the way I wanted to. I was still in pain, you know? Yeah. And um, I felt like my whole, my life was taken away from me pretty much. And mm-hmm. um I struggled with with depression. I I struggled with addiction. 
Um, I've overcome that though. Um, so I went to like those four or five years that were really dark and negative and just, you know, I was getting, I had a lot of anger built up inside of me, I guess. And I remember one day going to my mother's house and, um, after she had moved across the street from the guy who almost killed me and just being so pissed off that, you know, I had to see his house every day. Um, cause this guy, whenever he hit us, he fled the scene. He, he ran away and left us there for dead. Um, all of uh, me. Uh, yeah. And, um, and his truck, he hit us and flipped over us and all, yeah, it was a crack. The uh, I can't remember what it's called here. Um, he just like cracked his, uh, his ribs or whatever that is. Um, he ended up, um, he had a lot of money. He was actually running for, um, uh, center of Robinson County here in North Carolina. Wow. Now his, his career got ruined after that. It was on the newspaper and everything, but whenever he fled and left us there, he ended up getting a lawyer and got all his assets moved where it looked like he owned nothing. So pretty much we got like the smallest amount of settlement that we possibly could. Um, this fucking over really bad. Um, um, I'm not going to say that uh, I'm not going to say I spent all that money like wisely because I was going, I was really, you know, going through some bad stuff back then. I did buy some land and I own land here in North nice. Carolina. Yeah, See, well, that's, that's like good. The, yeah. Good, the one, yeah. The one good thing that, you know, that you have yeah. is you have this little chunk of land that you have. That's really nice though. Mm -hmm. Sounds like yeah. Dark Knight of the Soul to me. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like what? Sounds like Dark Knight of the Soul. I'm not sure what that is. The dark, oh. dark night of the soul, you can have many, but it's sort of a period of time during certain spiritual awakenings. A part of oh, yeah. being spiritual or awakening to that is also being aware of your shadow self, your darker parts. So sometimes we go through periods where we're kind of sitting in that. It's like the deeper shadow, shadow part of you has become manifest and it feels mm -hmm. like you're down in the dumps, but it always seems to happen in between periods of high spiritual awareness. Mm -hmm. 100%. I've had several in my life. It's like you're on the roller coaster and that's that's the down, but it usually there's mm -hmm. always coming back up. Yep. That's exactly what I was about to tell you. Um, and you, you were saying about shadows. I don't know if y'all noticed, but I've had an experience with a shadow figure. Um can't really say I enjoyed that. It kind of freaked me out, to be honest. I never yeah, heard no. of it. Yeah, I haven't had um, a lot of people uh, tell us positive stories about shadow figures. So I think that that's in line with uh, with shadow figures. Yeah, well, I didn't feel threatened or anything. Um, it just uh, it caught me off guard, you know, and it being in my house, you know, it just kind of weirded me out. Yeah. Um, I kept trying to tell myself it didn't happen, but it's, it was so realistic and also y'all know about the um the video i sent you of my experience at chris but those this was just a yeah, few days after yeah i have right it. That. um so i'm um, real quick i need to what you were just talking about the shadow of the soul thing whenever i was i was going to my mother's house this day when i was battling all these negative emotions i remember um i was working night shifts and i was you know i just told myself i'm gonna go you know talk to my mother i need to get some stuff off my mind and mm -hmm. when i rode over there i just um he still has like a, he has a nice house, like a two-story house across the street from my mother. And he is not struggling at all. Um, still has a lot of money. And it just pissed me off. And I pulled my car over to the side of the road. And I don't know what made me do this, but I pulled a piece of scrap paper out of my glove compartment. And mm -hmm. I, I thought I was just doing this for myself, like just some closure kind of thing. I wrote down that I wasn't going to let these negative emotions control me anymore. Yeah. And um, 
and I was going to let go of his anger. And um, I used to leave out this part, but I'm going to include it. It was really bizarre. There was a lot of clouds up in the sky. It was really cloudy, and it looked like a like a hole or like a part opened up in the clouds, and the sun, it's like a beam of light, came straight mm-hmm. down, and it was like, hitting my car. And I, I just remember looking straight up at it, and I just I got this weird feeling, and I looked to the left, and the guy who, who almost killed me, he was outside in his yard feeding his chickens. And instead of going to the right, I, mean, I remember thinking to myself on the, the right side of me, I got the person who gave me life, and the left side of the person almost took away my life. Um, I ended up pulling up in his driveway, and it's like something took over me. I just got out my car, and I walked up to him, and I swear to God, I, I shook the hand of the guy who almost killed me, and I handed him this letter. And I didn't say much to him. I didn't wait around. I just handed it to him, and um, I told him this is something I needed to do. And whenever I turned around to walk back to my car, um, um, I don't mean to like sound really emotional or anything, but I, no, I felt good. like I, I got like a, a hundred demons off of me in one moment, and it just like I just I had tears just coming down. I, it just um, I don't know. It 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 changed me. It really did. Yeah. Um, after that, I started doing so much better in my life. Um, I ended up joining the fire department. Um, one of the fire departments that actually cut me out the vehicle, actually. Um, we were on the county line, so there was, there was three fire departments that came to my accident. And um, then wow. I, I met, yeah, I actually used to work with the um, the firefighter who pulled me out the vehicle. I, I know him. Um, yeah, um, I served That's in the fire department for four years. And, yeah, and I had everybody ask me, you know, like you went through such a bad experience. You got mangled up, you know, almost died. Like, why would you want to? join the fire department and put yourself in that position because yep. you know I, firefighters see some really bad stuff a lot of time you know but mm-hmm. i told everybody i felt like i was giving back you know like they saved me so i wanted to do something to help other people i guess and um yeah it was that same year the same summer that i handed that guy a letter that's whenever i had my first sighting and um, I didn't piece that together until I spoke with Chris Blitzer mm-hmm. and uh, telling him about it. Um, um, so I was at the caper. And, um, I mean, do y'all have any questions or you want me to get into the side? You know, I'm sorry, no, I'm get into it. No, get into it, please. Trust me. A breeze writing down questions as we go. If I get any, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, so, yeah, me and my best friend, same one that was with me when we got hit by the drunk driver, we're at the Cape Fear River and we're fishing and he said something about this big bright star that was up in the sky. And at the time I remember making a joke. I was like, man, I don't know. It's probably fucking Jupiter or Venus. And um we were just talking and it was like 30 minutes later. I'm in the middle of a sentence and I was looking straight up at it as I was talking to him. And I didn't realize he was looking at it too. And like in the middle of my sentence, this thing is it's stationary, you know, sitting still and it does this maneuver where it curves off like a backward C and like the blink of an eye it's just gone and like I froze I stopped talking and then I'm thinking immediately trying to rationalize in my head you know like my eyes are playing tricks on me mm-hmm. and friend, my best friend goes uh, dude you just fucking see that <laughs> as soon as he said that like my hairs on my arms stood up I'm just like what the fuck you know we talked about it that night and I remember like just saying all kinds of stuff we were laughing about it maybe being an alien or He's saying, you know, maybe it's an angel, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, um, 
after that night though i never spoke about it with him or anybody else for about about five years and um i don't know why i just i i just put it in the back of my head like i said i think i was in denial and um then um it was the beginning of last year i know i'm probably leaving some stuff out so i might end up jumping back later or something but um it was the beginning of last year i started seeing the pentagon uap reports on the news and for one like i was in shock that um i don't know if it's like this where you guys live but you girls um nobody no. here in north carolina was talking about it and i'm yeah. just like what the fuck like this is like huge like you know I, I just couldn't believe it i'm like are you serious like they're saying that ufos are real and maybe it's because i'm in the bible belt here but it's like nobody gave it any attention and i'm like digging into it and it was like maybe it might have been the same day that i started digging into it or like a day afterwards <laughs> i thought about what me and my friends saw that night in the river mm-hmm. and it just like clicked in my head like a switch flip like you know holy shit this is actually real and um you know, I, I started researching things because I had no interest in it. I, um, I didn't know anything about UFOs or paranormal or supernatural. I, you know, I never, never was into it whatsoever. Yeah. And um, I just start like playing catch up. I guess like just doing so much research. I remember watching that movie, the the phenomena. I don't know if y'all seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the. the <laughs> The end of that movie, documentary, where they show like the Zimbabwe kids, that part just like really blew my mind. I'm just thinking, you know, whoa, like they're for one, like they're they're shutting down nuclear weapons, and you know they're telling these Zimbabwe kids that we're screwing up the earth. I'm sitting here thinking, yeah. this is this is so bizarre. What's going on? And it was about a a month or two after I started digging into it so much. I'm outside of my back balcony, and I'm just, uh, I'm looking at it on my phone because, you know, I got like hooked on it. You know, after I realized it was real, it's like every day I was digging into it. I remember my ex-girlfriend, she was getting freaked out about it. She didn't want it to be real. Um, but I'm on my back balcony and I happen to look up and it's nighttime and I see a bright light shoot over me from the left and it comes to an immediate stop. And, um, flashed like whenever it stopped it just flashed and it was gone and this really um it shocked me because um the light whenever it flashed i saw it like hit it illuminated like the bottom of the clouds so i knew it wasn't a shooting star you know and i was just speechless you know i could not believe it i'm so bizarre and i'm thinking to myself like why am i why did i just see this why is this happening now and i'm thinking is, is it because i'm I'm researching it or am I looking up at the sky more? And um I don't know, I started uh really struggling with myself because I had a couple other sightings after that. But they were always like in the corner of my eye or something, you know, it's like it's there and it's gone. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, after I saw the first one, it seemed like like every other week or so, or sometimes like every week it's like I started having weird little sightings. Like I would see like these little orange orbs. And as soon as I look at it, it's there. It's not a regular star because it's orange, like bright, bright orange. And as soon as I look at it, it starts to fade away. And mm-hmm. I really started struggling, thinking I was going crazy. I really did. I remember thinking to myself, like, what in the world? Like, am I losing my mind right now? <laughs> and um, so I started thinking about Chris Bledsoe. I mentioned him earlier. 
and um, I, I always include him in my stories because he he is a big part of my story. You know, and I actually I I just spoke to him a couple nights ago, and he you know, he told me that um you know what I'm doing. So not just me. I, I wanted to make sure I said this. Um, I told him I would. He said, "What you're all doing, what Ryan is doing, his son, um, Ben and Joe. He's met Ben and Joe from the UFO garage. He said it's so much more important than all of you know. He said that um, we're making little ripples now. Y'all are making little ripples now that are going to have big effects in the future. And told me, you know, he, he said, you know, he says, as long as you're passionate and you're um, driven by this, you know, and you're not doing it for any self gain or anything." He said that, um, you know, to keep on, you know, just, uh, it, it was really, um, I don't know, his intent when he was telling me this. And, um, and I told him the other night that I would, I would tell people this, you know, what he said. Um, I'm sorry, do y'all have any, um, do y'all have any questions or anything before I go on? But, or actually, I was going to see if y'all could play that video. I was like, yeah, I have that video up. I was going to ask you when you want to play it. Here, I'll play it right now. I have it up um, in the background, so let me share it. And so, then you can um, you can talk quick, as um, we go on it. Yeah, go for it. Why get it okay. up? I was just going to say, when I reached out to him, because I, I grew up like a mile down the road from the Blitzos, and um, to, today, I, to this day, I'm still really good friends with Chris Jr. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, he told me whenever I reached out to him, like, you know, you're, Josh, you're not going crazy. Come over here, and you can experience it yourself. And um, I ended up going back over to his house and spent a whole day with him. Uh, Chris Jr. was there. Another person I can't name, um, very important person. Mm -hmm. um, we, I, you know, hung out with him all day and we just spoke about all kinds of stuff. You know, he, he asked me, you know, things so he wanted to find out, you know, about my life. And, you know, so did the other guy with him. And he pointed out that a lot of experiences have near-death experiences like I did. And, mm -hmm. um, I mean, the fact that I'm Native American to me said it might have something to do with that. But, 100%. Um, yep. And he had told me that day that, you know, um, not everybody can go to his house and have an experience. He told me, you know, people had gone there and, you know, it's about the, he believes it's about frequencies and so on. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. if people go there looking for some kind of self-gain or something, like people have trespassed on his property and camped out and then they'll, they won't see anything and they'll think that he's a phony, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Just pretty much told me, you know, um, you know, it's about you know who you are and um your intentions. And How did you meet them? Oh, I grew up with them. Um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He grew up down the yeah. street. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I the went to school with him. Yeah, yeah, I went, yeah, and that's what's crazy for like the I knew about his initial experience, um, just the river experience because I made a documentary in like 2008 or something. Mm -hmm. And whenever it came out, I, I feel so horrible for them, um, because I remember almost everybody in my school was laughing, you know, calling them crazy, saying they were on, on mushrooms and stuff. And, um, you know, I was good friends with Chris Jr. I watched it. I was kind of, I, I'm going to not going to lie. I didn't really believe it, but, um, I wasn't going to, you know, quit hanging out with Chris. He was my friend. I just kind of just never brought it up to him because he didn't like to talk about it. Yeah. And, um, it's be a yeah, for like 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. I never spoke to him about it until last year. Whenever I saw the Pentagon UAP reports, and um, isn't that yeah. funny? You have a friend who has this connection, and it's not a yeah. part of your life. And then later down the road, you realize it is. Yep. Mm -hmm. You never really know 
the seeds that are planted in other people's lives. I really do Mm -hmm. believe that sometimes when we have contact with other people that have had contact Mm. of some sort, I feel like there there's already that kind of inner, maybe like a energetic energetic Mm. connection or something. It seems like it almost brings it into their reality. And that almost seems like a prime example of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He said, he said the same exact thing. Um, When I first started seeing him, I, I started talking to Chris on the phone. And I asked him, like, you know, why am I seeing this now? What's what? Why is this happening? And he said, because you're talking to me. Because I kept calling him, you know, asking him all these questions, and he was, you know, so humble, like he didn't mind speaking to me, you know, because I was going through like a major freakout period, to be honest, early on. Um, mm. Not only was I battling whether I thought I was going crazy, you know, I was getting weirded out about the whole, you know, just the phenomenon in general. I'm mm-hmm. like thinking to myself, are they evil, you know? Um, and then you know, Chris starts telling me this other stuff. I didn't know anything. <clears throat> past the river incident and um in the documentary that originally came out I know a lot of people they probably noticed they might not but they they made it look really silly and they left out the big stuff like they didn't mention that chris had Crohn's disease and his Crohn's disease was healed after this experience happened and you know i'm, I'm talking to chris and that's when he's telling me you know they're not bad <clears throat> at least not all of them you know and he told me to go over there and 10 minutes before it got dark he said that he could sense it he said josh we're going to have an experience tonight and it wasn't even 10 minutes later that this happened right here on this video. All right, we'll play it right now then. That's a perfect lead into it. Thank you, Josh. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, hey. I still got it. It's faint now. Yeah, Brian, it is. It appeared mm. while you were saying your prayer. No, oh, yes, yeah, there's one looking at. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's seen this in person. It's so much different. Of course. Mm-hmm. And he told me to send a prayer of gratitude. Oh. Uh, we saw 15 to 20 of them. Oh, I walked down. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Oh, we got another one here as well. Wow. Y'all can see that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So slow. Honey. It's like. You still on that one? The thing should have fallen out of the sky. Yes. Mm-hmm. Looking for a change of direction or a stop. Could you stop for us, please? This is crazy. It just stop. <laughs> we change direction. Keep that camera real still. Don't, don't move the camera with the object. Let the object move across the frame. Oh, yeah. Okay. When it gets the edge of the frame, you can move to track it. Okay. But only move to keep it in frame. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't see what it's doing. Oh, there's another with it. Oh, it just materialized? See it? Yeah. Behind it. That's faint. Yeah, the dog started going crazy when this happened. Sure. They always do. They weren't before it. I can sense it. How many total do you think you guys saw? 15 to 20. I lost count. Yeah, they're very active. Really? This is incredible. 
they were coming all different directions. I just, I've had people try to say satellites. I'm like, dude, they were everywhere, going all different directions. Oh, there's another one following it. It's a lot more faint. It's yeah. right behind it. It wasn't even an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Two of them fell outside. Wow. It's spooky. Yes. Yeah. I'm out here on my balcony. Yeah, this is really bad quality right here. I don't know if you can see it. He told me I'd have a hitchhiker, and sure as, I, as soon as I got home, oh I fell on my back balcony. As soon as I got home. This orange one popped up right in front of me. I can see it very, very faintly up there. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 I, need yeah to, I see it. I need to edit this video and make a little brother. Okay, I see it, I see it. It looked like it popped in right where I was looking. And I was questioning it right here. I didn't even know if it, it was one or not. <clears throat> told me, you know, they follow people home. And, I mean, the second I got home and walked on my that balcony, that happened. I guess I'm about to find out if it's a plane or not. <laughs> I think that might be an orb. There's no blinking at all. <laughs> yeah, I can see it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's an orb. Yeah, they definitely weren't on satellites. They, we were seeing them materialize, like they're popping up out of thin air. Okay, there's a these ones right here. Very big orb. Well, that's huge. Yeah, it's even right look big here. on camera, then it's huge. Is it moving? This blew my mind. Wow, that's a good one. Good in this camera is. Hovering just above the trees, right in the mm -hmm. trees. Look. Wow. Oh, it's dropping. Look. Oh, Lord, thank you. He always says thank you, and he told me to do that. He said oh, always. Give uh, gratitude. White glow. Wow. Sometimes it gets darker. <clears throat> Reddish, orange, pink. Sometimes Have y'all watched this yet? Not this one. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, this part right here. It's wild. Your helicopter coming. <laughs> We're back so we to North Carolina. Right close to I know. So yeah. They often yeah. come right over. So. I've seen them hovering here. Of course. He sent me this video as soon as I got home. Perfect. <laughs> like, what are you going to do, helicopter? What are you really going to do? That's a black hole. Thing. He said that has happened. Anytime he has a big sighting like that, mm -hmm. that's happened quite a few times before. Wow. Wow. So the orb that you saw when you, as soon as you got home and you saw that orb, <clears throat> did you get the emotional feeling that it was there for you? Yes. And um, I'm glad you said that 
because um, <laughs> I'm I'm not like a super emotional person like that. But I I like you said, I feel like it was happening for me whenever I got to Chris's house and they first started popping up. Um, Chris looked over at me and like my eyes were starting to water up, and he goes, "It's okay, Josh. I get emotional sometimes too." <laughs> And I told him, I said, you just, you don't understand what this means to me. Like, I, I didn't know if I was going crazy. And like, now, mm-hmm. like I'm here, you know, and getting on video and got witnesses with me, you know, it's, it's you know, it just, it's just meant, it's powerful. It's just seeing it. It's just so, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it, like what majestic, I don't know what kind of words to say to put it in, especially because of the fact that um, I, I didn't mention this either um, about 10 minutes before whenever he said that, you know, we were definitely going to have a sighting. He went out there and he, um, he sent like a personal little prayer. And, um, and Chris, Chris used to be a deacon at Pentecostal church. A lot of people think that he's, you know, overly religious and stuff like that. That's not even true. And he's still, you know, he still believes in Jesus and everything, but he's a lot more open-minded now, obviously like his church ostracized him. Like his, um, his wife at the time, she doesn't she's not like this anymore now she actually will be out there with him um she uh his wife tried to get the the preacher at his church to get an exorcism for him <laughs> thought that he was messing with the devil because she was seeing it too so she knew that you know, at first they thought he was crazy um but then she started experiencing it too they were having more paranormal experiences if if people don't know this chris he's a multi faceted experiencer and and i am now myself too um so it was like poltergeist type stuff and you know um shadow figures as well i didn't know that he had seen plenty of shadow figures himself and um you know just like a lot of stuff like that and um if you there's a richard dolan four-part podcast or a a four-part show with chris that's in my opinion like the best thing to watch with him um they just go through everything because his story is ongoing you know it hasn't stopped this day and um and he had told me, you know, a, a year or two before, um, or a year, year or two ago from now, he had like a, a dream or a download, whatever you want to call it, where he said he was giving a message that they were going to start allowing him to record it and allowing other people to record it with him so that they could spread the word of it. And, um, and when I was talking to him the other night, you know, I told him, you know, about the podcast thing I'm doing. He said that, you know, um, that's why I had that experience over there that night. Said so that you you know you have proof you know nobody can tell you it's not real, mm-hmm. um, and I forgot to mention this um, about after the first two orbs that I saw at Chris's house I didn't get this on camera there was a big uh, blue beam of light that came from the ground and um gosh I should have sent you a picture I forgot about it um, and it looked like a I don't know have you ever heard of this I had never heard of it until it happened and then I looked it up and um like if you watch that Skin Walker show they there's a scene there where they saw a beam of light but it, it was just like there for a second and it was gone and yeah. i didn't get on the camera but i turn around and tell chris i'm like holy holy shit did you see that you know it was like yeah. a, a blue beam of light and he just goes no i didn't see it but me and my wife have seen it a few times i'm just like so casual like and i found a picture i'll have to send you the picture later um i found a picture that looks really almost identical to what i saw but um yeah man i wish that we could um 
You know, like in movies when they do things like they touch someone and then they transfer like thoughts and feelings and stuff. I wish that we could do that to people that haven't had these kind of experiences because everything is so powerful, Mm -hmm. but it's, but it's most importantly powerful to you. And I don't think you can really transfer that information just verbally to someone else with them understanding unless they've also gone through it. Where it's like the 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 thought of going outside and having a UFO, an orb, something conscious. It seems like there's definitely that conscious connection mm-hmm. appear just for you. That is so magical. Like, what other word? How else do you say that? You know, mm-hmm. it's like there powerful. really aren't words to describe yeah. how powerful it is. Because yeah. why? It's like why? You know, it it sparks mm-hmm. this like energy in you there's a connection somehow thoughts some type of energy pull it's like why how does this work you know and it's your story is is pretty much all of that in a nutshell Mm -hmm. it's like wow what's it leading what's it leading to um uh, i have a lot of i theorize a lot you know i have a lot of you know thoughts about why where it may be going but i don't want to tell anybody I know oh. something for certain. Now, I do tell people like I will tell you it's real. Like you cannot tell me it's not real. I know yeah. that it's real, but I can't tell you exactly what it is. I just know that it's real. Um, because I've had people, you know, question me like, "Do you think it's this? Do you think it's that?" And I'm like, "Look, I know for sure." And since um, I don't know, um, since I first started seeing them last year, because um, because I was a skeptic. And um, it's like last year, the beginning of last year, I just became a lightning rod for this stuff and other weird things too, like synchronicities, um, major, major synchronicities. And, um, and I tell people, you know, the more you look at, look for the synchronicities, the more you'll see them. Um, it's really bizarre. Um, I actually want to tell a story about that. Um, one of like the biggest synchronicities. Yeah, please do, please. Okay, so this is, um, I've talked about this on a few other channels. This was like a um, and if y'all don't mind, can y'all remind me so I don't forget later? I have seen a craft before. Yes, um, I, I want to leave that out. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a sighting, a premonition, and um, a shitload of synchronicities all like one experience that it all like connected together. It's like so layered, it, I couldn't wrap my head around it. So um, one night um, you y'all remember me telling you earlier about the orb that shot over to the left of me and it um came to immediate stop underneath the clouds and flashed mm-hmm. um so the night that before that happened i had this really strange dream and um i need to get my phone shorter here <laughs> um so i had this this dream where um there was a girl i went to high school with and um she she came out to me and said some it was a joke about smoking weed. She was like, Josh, why did you say I'm smoking too much weed and I got lazy eyes or something like that? And mm-hmm. it was really weird. And I woke up from this dream and um it was just strange, you know, it's bizarre. And um I didn't think too much of it until I walked outside of my back balcony and I get on my, my cell phone. I'm getting ready for work this morning and I was just going out there to smoke a cigarette. And as soon as I cut on my phone YouTube, I was gonna play some music or something, there's a song called Lazy Eye very top of my page Ooh. and i'm just like what in the fuck you know like it, it's by From the band smashing pumpkins? no um uh it's, it sounds like smashing pumpkins they're called um god it's driving me crazy right now 
Oh, so it's um, a cover band? Silver, Silver Sun Pickups. That's the name of the band. Oh. Y'all remember that song, Lazy Eye? Yes, yes, yes. Why did I think that? Why was I thinking of Smashing They pumpkins? do kind of sound like. But yeah, like, that was Silver Sun's pickups. Pick I remember that. They were big for a yeah. while. Um, I so I'm just like, whoa, you know, like it's, it trips me out. And then I play the song. As soon as I start playing the song, that's whenever Orb shoots over the left and comes to a flash and it illuminated the bottom of the cloud. And this, I mean, this flash was bright. Like it came outwards. And I remember it even it lit up my balcony for like a blink of an eye. It, like the, the light hit me. I remember like seeing in my peripherals, like where it shined on my, my clothes. And, you know, I was just in shock. And I told a MUFON investigator, Sev Talk, she was, um, she was the first guest on my channel. Mm-hmm. I told her about this experience. And um, because I've been having other weird premonitions and synchronicities and stuff. And um, I used the girl's full name. Um, the girl that said this to me in my dream. I don't know why I said her first and last name. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, three weeks after this happens, the same girl... I had not seen her in about 10 years. She randomly calls me because she had a near-death experience. And she was in a car. Wow. And it just it blows my mind. You know, it just, I can't even wrap my head around it. And, I mean, even if I had seen her in less than 10 years, you know, how would I have known that she was going to have a near-death experience? Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, it's wild. Um, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, um, I didn't want to say that for a while that um i didn't even want to call myself an experiencer for a while i don't know why but it's a kept lot of people me, like, it, it, that so, happens to a lot of people well i mean i'm, I'm okay with it now so Seb, you know told me after the video that i showed up she was like josh you, you've got video proof with witnesses you know there's no denying it anymore mm-hmm. um then the the weird little psychic premonitions started happening and i was just like i don't i'm not psychic you know and She's like, yes, you are. Even Chris Bledsoe was like, yes, you are. You're tapping into it. You know, you just, you know, you, you don't like, it's like, I don't know how to control it. It just happens. And it's always mm-hmm. random and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. bizarre. Um, I had another experience um, last year where I had another dream with a, another girl I went to high school with. I hadn't seen her in like four or five years. And I swear to God, I saw her at the gas station that sent the next day right after it happened. And it had my hands, my fingers were shaking. I'm just like, what? In wow. the yeah. Um, I almost got it. It's just it's so weird. Um, I really remember my hands trembling, just thinking, you know, like what? And everything's like, see, where I saw her, it wasn't even the town that I grew up with her in. Like, it was like an hour away. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, me, fuck it's just, it's so, I don't know. It's really, really bizarre. <laughs> um, Sorry, I need to, um, I need to grab my charger real quick, y'all. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No big deal. No big deal. <clears throat> Do you mind? I'm going to leave and come right back because this has been frozen for me. Okay, yeah. Do that. It's just me and Josh. I'll sing the audience a song. I'll steal from Lee and I'll sing to you. Madam Two Swords, Ethereal Aura. Jedi camper. I love Josh's background. I was singing the names of the people in the chat. We were butt raided. No, we were butt tickled. Butt tickled. We were just rimmed. It was a rim job. It wasn't full on. It was just a touch, a kiss. We were rimmed. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a really nice rim job. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. 
Ugh, I'm Thank getting uh, congested again. Oh, no. <clears throat> yeah, Josh is like, I knew it. I just knew it. Just so everyone mm -hmm. knows, you guys, if I just flash your question, I'm only because I don't want to distract him. So, like I said earlier in the chat, I'm writing your questions down and I'm put, mm -hmm. collecting them on my candle here. So, if you guys ask me a question, I'll flash it, but I'm going to save it for when he's not talking. So, um, we don't mess with the funk. No. I'm sorry you missed it, too spooky, because uh, this is like deep. Spirit, I swear, experiencers recognize other experiencers. Like, you just mm -hmm. know, you have that instant connection where like you've gone through the same shit mm -hmm. you know that this is deep and a lot of the times you cannot explain it to other people without them knowing i'm sure mm -hmm. that the synchronicities are so heavy and so intense but the problem with synchronicities is that it's harder to explain to other people without it just seeing like a random coincidence but when it happens you to you, know, it's like, completely when it happens different. To yeah. You, yeah. And then it's like, you don't understand. Like, this is so random. Or just like over and over and over and over again. At mm. some point, when is it well, not had, a coincidence? Yeah, I mean, I had proof of it, too. That's like, uh, Siv talk. she was blown away by it, you know. Um, mm -hmm. she, I don't even know why I used that girl's first and last name in the email I sent to her. I was mm -hmm. just kind of sitting out, you know. I sent her the email right after it happened because she told me, you know, if you have any more you know, um, weird premonitions, you know, or, or sightings, make sure you let me know. And, um, yeah. you know, I really mixed thoughts and mixed opinions about move on, but, um, Sev talks, she's, she's a great person. And, um, I actually asked Chris Bledsoe first and he, he knows Sev talk and he says, you know, um, yeah, he has opinions about move on too, but she's, you know, she's a good one and, um, she's great. I'm, I mean, I'll talk to her now. So, yeah. um, she's awesome. So, um, I'm sorry. Um, uh, yeah, I um, when it comes to like the synchronicities, I um, I need to start writing them all down. To be honest, because there's a lot of them, and I forget <laughs> a lot of time how many. Sometimes it's just for um, the moment, though. You know, I feel like yeah. So like, I take synchronicities like personally. I take them as like um signs that I'm on the right path and to keep going. Because if I didn't see the synchronicities, I wouldn't be on the right path. You know what I mean? It's like I'm following. I'm like breadcrumbs. Yeah, well, I think you can have, Yeah, I I've been saying that um synchronicities are like the universe's way of winking at you. Um, I do think mm -hmm. that it can be bad synchronicities. I think it goes both ways. <laughs> yeah, I think there's. I um, think that that's the that's the universe though. There's a duality to everything, right? There's the negative and the positive. There's the yeah. good and the bad. Like, that's like what the universe is founded on. So you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Um, Unless you're fifth dimension, then you're past polarity. Ah. But that's a whole nother topic. We're here for Josh. So next mm -hmm. time we'll hit that on deep body wobble or something. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh, what you just said, um I was thinking I was talking to uh, Ben the other day from UFO Garage and we were getting into some like deep conversations and he um he he was telling me some things and it is really it's really strange like he had these uh these thoughts and he said he wanted to talk to somebody about it. he felt like would would get it you know so he started mm -hmm. talking to me and we're talking to each other going back and forth and as we're doing it we're like piecing things it's like we're getting new ideas as yep. we did it like he yep. said something and i was like oh man i was like so 
so I can't remember exactly how he started off, but um, he said something about like universe focusing, and I was like, oh man, the universe focusing that makes me think of um, like you know quantum physics, like the double slit experiment, and they say mm-hmm, it's a wave mm-hmm. if you're not observing yep. it and you're observing it as a particle. Yep. And he said that I was like, oh, so it's kind of like whenever we're living in time, we collapse every moment, you know, like like the wave into a particle, like do you know what I'm saying? Kind of like um, mm-hmm. like a butterfly, effect, you know. Yep. Um, it's not exactly how I said it to him, but. <clears throat> No, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I told him, you know, um, well, I was thinking myself the other day, maybe like the synchronicities as you're like collapsing every moment from a wave to a particle, if you're going in the right direction, those kind of like collapsing with it, you know, the synchronicities that help you realize you're on the right tracks, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I got a little scattered there to say that. No, you're we're fine. A simulation and we're doing it to ourselves. <clears throat> Bree, why don't you give Josh some of the questions you have written down, my love? Oh, okay. okay. So I have from the goat who is second goat to me, mm-hmm. who's real goat. Um, what does Brian Bledslow believe the phenomena is? Um, I will say I'm I know Ryan. Like I'm like I went to school with him. Um I'm, I'm a lot closer to Chris Jr. though. So I can't really answer that mm, so much. Um, respect. I know he. I know. No, um, respect. Yeah. I know Chris Senior. He, you know, he said that he light beings. For people that don't know, he had four hours of missing time, and he had a hypnotic regression. And um, damn. It was a big experience at the, the Cape Fear River where he had four hours of missing time, and there was like five other people at the river. They started looking for him, and um, and he had saw he saw like. It's two or three huge balls of light first, and then it's like it was it was daytime, and then it was dark. And to him, it was nothing was out of the ordinary. And he comes back, and everybody's like, you know, where the hell were you? You know, we've been looking for you. And he's excited, wanting to tell people about these balls of light. And Chris Jr. was in the woods. He he got lost looking for his dad. And um, like I said, I, I mentioned this to him once whenever we were in high school together, but um, he. He was he struggled with it really bad. Christian, he, he was kind of traumatized about it for a while. Now he's a lot more open to it and everything. But back then, yeah. so whenever he was looking for his dad, his dad, you know, was gone for four hours. He was going through the woods and he sees two little balls of light. They're coming through the woods, like not even that far off the ground. I know people, you know, this is a crazy story. I know it's really into the woo, but you gotta look in the evidence before you, you know, dismiss what he's saying because there's a lot of evidence. And I tell people like whether you believe it or not. You can't deny the fact that he had Crohn's disease for 15 years and then he has this four hours of missed time and his Crohn's disease is gone and there's no cure for Crohn's disease. It's, you know, like you can't, you can't deny that there's, there's medical documents, you know, proving it. Um, so Chris Jr. Yeah, Chris Jr. is in the woods and these two balls of light are coming through and these two little light beings, they're like three or four, three foot tall, probably. He said it, it's kind of like they came out of the balls of light, the orbs and Chris was like, he said he was stuck. It was like he was paralyzed. And I asked him not long ago, does he feel like he was, like they paralyzed him, these little small light beings, or that he was just so freaked out that he couldn't move. And he said he yeah. thought about that and he doesn't really know. But they were just walking around, observing the environment, like picking up cans and, and sticks and stuff. Um, uh, just like, just observe, you know, just investigating. It's so strange. But, um, Chris Jr., you know, goes, I mean, Chris Sr. goes to the woods and he finds them. And they're both sitting there talking about, you know, these balls of light and these little beings and stuff. And everybody thinks, you know, they're 
they don't know what's going on. They're like, are they, they, they lost their mind. You know, what is this? Are they playing a joke on us? And then yeah. they all see, they all see what looks like uh, seven or eight stars up in the sky. And they all start like dancing, just like doing weird little maneuvers. And um, that was after one of them, you know, whenever they're like telling him like, you know, quit playing with us. You're freaking us out. One of the other guys there, I mean, there's like uh, five or six people all together. One of them just goes, um, and it's not Chris or Chris Jr. One of them goes, look, and he points at this guy. And that's when they're all bouncing around. And then two of them shoot down from all the way up there. Like, you know, looks like a star. They shoot down immediately and blink of an eye to the other side of the river. And they freak out and they all get in the truck. And um, people, if they want to know the story, they should go watch it. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave out a lot of details. You know, it's a long story. But um, they all get in the truck and they, you know, haul ass off. And two of these, you know, balls of light are facing them. Um, there's like, there's so much evidence. There's actually like energy, what do you call it? Energy uh, readings or whatever. Where mm-hmm. the balls of lightning came down, um, it's it's bizarre. But they do the hypnotic regression on Chris, and when they do it, he's I think he's laying down, and there's these three. He calls them light beings. So they're like they're seven or eight foot tall, mm-hmm. and they look like they're made out of pure light. So just like a pure energy, you know. And he starts freaking out, and they tell him, you know, um, you don't understand. We're trying to help you, and um, he gets these thoughts in his head, you know, like they're telepathically communicating i know this is a really strange story but um no go for it that's what um, the abduction hotline is about yeah um this is chris's story so i'm not going i'm not going to tell all of chris's story but i do want to put this out if people are interested um it's an amazing story really um so you know they tell him that they're his guardians and that they've always been with them and um that's what and the fact that they healed him you know that gave chris senior depending that they're they're angels you know or what we've referred to as angels somehow or um you know i think to myself you know maybe some kind of like extra dimensional being you know that's mm-hmm. you know just maybe really highly advanced highly evolved or something so much that are like closest to the source or something um i don't know you know I, mm-hmm. these are just like my opinions my thoughts on it really but um yeah that, that's his experience i don't want to get too much into it but it's it's incredible really yeah and, um for people that doubt it, Lou Elizondo retrieved metamaterial from Chris's property. And I saw a picture of this metamaterial, and it, is, mm-hmm. it looks like nothing I've ever seen in my life. And it was, it was a ball of light that's pure, you know, orb, just ball of light, not that high off the ground. And he tells me it looks like it starts dripping, kind of like this molten liquid. And as soon as it's dripping, like it starts solidifying into metal as it hits the ground. And this ball of light goes from pure energy into a, a metal, like metallic spear. And you know, shoots off or whatever. I saw a picture of this metamaterial, you know, metal drippings, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, Chris even showed me a picture of him with Lou Elizondo and Tom DeLong from Blink 182. You know, they they went there and picked this up. And if people doubt that, it's that UFO podcast. Lou Elizondo admits that yes, he did retrieve this metamaterial from Chris. Um. Sorry, like I said, I don't want to get too much into his story. Oh, we understand. Um, I'm sorry, I, I bounced around everywhere with that. <laughs> My ADD just no. kicked in. Behold, that Trust me, me too. What's okay, Free what? questions. I was like, yeah, ask another question. We'll, 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 we'll continue Greg O'Brien, on Greg O'Brien wanted to know, do you think orbs could be scouts? I think they could be a huge variety of things. I really do because I've now, like, 
I've lost count, but I've seen somewhere around like at least 30, 35 orbs now, um, just since the beginning of last year. And um, I've seen some of them that look different. Like I've seen a couple that looked more, how do you say, like kind of like ectoplasm type stuff. I, mm, I feel like mm -hmm. it was more of a, a spiritual thing, or maybe, you know, um, I don't know how to explain it. I think some of them could be, you know, drone scout things type things, like he said. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them might be like more spiritual energy. I, I'm, I'm not sure really. Um, but the fact that that one orb I was telling you all about earlier went from, you know, energy to metal, you know, I don't even know how to wrap my head around that. I mean, that's what makes me think they could just that's be That's right. We don't things. know that. So I have one more question, and then we definitely need to hear about the craft. The craft story. I was thinking exactly <clears> that. I wrote that down that we have to hear about that. Um, um, on the land. One more thing on the orb real quick. Yeah. So yeah. just here recently, I mean, like last week, um, I just lost a family member um, uh, about a little over a week ago. And um, last... I don't know, it was maybe about four or five days ago. I was talking to Chad Smith on the phone, and this has never happened to me before. I got chills right now just thinking about it. Um, I'm talking to Chad, and I see what looks like, I call it like a shadow ball, because it wasn't illuminated. It was like a grayish colored orb, but you know, it wasn't glowing like all normal orbs I've seen. This was in my house, and it shot by like right in front of me. And Chad Smith saw my reaction, you know, um, I was video chatting with him when it happened. And I'm just like, I'm just kind of just shocked, you know, I'm over looking around everywhere to make sure it wasn't a huge ass bug or anything, but yeah, it was wrong. It was a ball and it was like, like gray, like a shadow. I don't know how to explain it really. Mm -hmm. um, that's yeah, that's never happened. Um, and I, I think myself, maybe that was, it could have been my family member. I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm. 100%. Um, yeah, that's um, that was bizarre, and that just happened. Jedi Camper says, "No way! I saw a great orb once too." Oh wow! Really? I've never personally, yeah, I've never I mean, seen one, but it sounds great. I never heard of one. I was gonna, I was just about to ask if anybody in the chat has seen one. Yeah, someone. Yeah, Jedi Camper did. Okay, Bree, oh. what's the next question you have? I see you're writing one down, but it's the next one. <clears throat> The next one is from Lando. He wants to know, have you ever tried to tap into this ability um, deliberately making contact on command, which is basically CE5? Um, uh, or just yeah. if you don't go through the protocols, basically just human-initiated contact. Have you ever gone out there and been like, I have a connection, I want to see something and kind of bring it in? Yeah, I've tried it quite a few times. Um, most of the time, it didn't happen. Usually when I see them, it's random, but there's been, there's a few times that I try to do it and I'd be waiting out there and then I get, I gave up a few times and it was like after I gave up, then one came. Um, I don't know, it's really random, but uh, that actually goes into the craft store. If you want me to go ahead and say that. Yeah, 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 thing. perfect. <laughs> okay. So, um, I don't know, Bobby, uh, Bobby, I can't remember. She's, she might be in the chat. Um, she started listening to Chad's podcast and some of the other ones. Um, I went to uh, the beach here, uh, uh, Carolina Beach in Wilmington, and it was a bunch of people that I just met. This is after, you know, I already had my experience with Chris's, and I was 
looking to see five thing, you know, you know, I just want to give it a shot. And we all gathered at the beach. It was like ten of us all together. Um, Bobby ended up she not she couldn't make it. Um, so we get in the circle and do the meditation thing. And um, while we're meditating, um, I saw like a white flashing light in my head, or what do you have? What your third eye? I don't know how you explain that really. Um, somebody mm -hmm. said no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Third eye. Um, so after we get done with the meditation. As soon as we finish, everybody or uh, the guy who's leading the meditation, um, he asked, "Did anybody see anything or have an experience?" And the woman sitting right next to me, because I saw a flashing white light, and I'm just like, "What?" Like, and then um, she said it was at the end of the meditation, and the guy who was leading it was like, "Holy crap!" You know, they had a um, they had an EMF reader. I think that's what it's called. The, um, mm -hmm. the, it started buzzing at the end of the um, thing, like right. Same time that we had seen that. So we um we didn't see anything there at the beach that night. But we go home and as soon as I got home, this is the craft story. <laughs> and I almost felt kinda of bad I didn't want to tell anybody. I saw my first craft is right when I got home and we saw nothing at the beach. And this is um it's gonna sound a little odd because it's not like any craft I've ever heard of really. I walked out on my back balcony and this thing, it looked big, like the size of like a two story house. It was a crescent shape. Um, so, it, uh, God, I always forget his name. The person who first coined the term flying saucer, I cannot remember his name. Um, oh, fuck. Um, Kenneth Arnold. Kenneth Arnold, yes, yes. Have you, do you remember what those look like? The crafts that they were actually a crescent mm -hmm. kind of shape. It was like a boomerang almost. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like a boomerang, and then it had like a little curve, like in the middle of it was like a point. Yeah, going. in the middle of it was like that. So I saw, uh, I had the picture somewhere because um, I drew it after it happened, and it's so sloppy because my hands are shaking. I, I see this, and it's like it was transparent, but it had like a cloudy, foggy surface. And it's just gliding just right over the houses. And I mean, as soon as I walked out and I was holding my phone and I look up and I see it and I almost dropped my phone off my balcony. <laughs> um, I was just shocked. You know, I could not believe it. I mean, this thing was big. You know, I'm thinking like y'all said, how is it not falling out the sky? Mm -hmm. And it just it glides and then just for like a few seconds and it just fades away to nothing. But I mean, to tell you that mm -hmm. crescent shape, that crescent shape, and I'd never heard of Kenneth Warren at the time. I didn't even know what, you know, those look like. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I I sent a picture to Sev Talk, my investigator. She sent me back a picture of the ones that Kenneth Arnold described, but it was on its side, you know, like actually like a you know a big crescent. And um, I don't know if you want to call it like cloak, whatever you want to say. Um, that's a good word thing, for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was like it it wanted me to see it, and it's it's really. I mean, as soon as I walk out, and I told um. I told some people that night, you know, I've seen orbs. I'm ready to see my first crap. And then I get home and that crap happens. And um, I used to not tell people about it because I thought it sounded too out there. But I really don't care what people think anymore, to be honest. No, I, I know what I've seen. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah. So, well, and, and, and so that's interesting that you said that, too, because you, you said you pulled out your camera and someone else I saw a question in the chat that Bree was writing down. How many times have you gotten this either cameras or pictures of, of uh, your experiences and the things that you were seeing? Um, most of the ones I got were actually at Chris's house. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I got a, like a few of them on camera here. Um, Sonny from uh, Paranormal Chop Shop. Yep. I called I called him one day and he saw two of the orbs. Uh, it was really hard to see him, but um, and there was these weird little transparent crafts there that night. I've seen two crafts now, and um, God, it was just weird. This is like a it had like a um a distorted surface, and um, my cousin actually saw this with with me too. I walked down my balcony and I saw two orbs, and um, you know, I called my cousin out and like, "Do you come out here?" He didn't believe me at first, and I drug him out there. As soon as he comes out, he doesn't point up at the orbs. He points up, and there's like a little. It had like the funhouse mirror effect, you know, really you know, like a distorted surface, and um, you can only see it if it was like underneath the clouds or the stars, and um, I can't really tell you the shape of it because it's just there's just like a little spot in the sky that was really distorted, but whenever he pointed at it, it, it took off and did this maneuver where it kind of like zigzag, like bounced, mm. and um, I tried recording, I couldn't really see it. I called Sonny, <laughs> and um, mm-hmm, I was trying yeah. to say it to him, and I was. It, this thing was like doing circles or over the top of my apartment. My cousin is freaking out. Sonny, I'm trying to show Sonny at first. I actually had the phone pointing at myself. He's like, turn the fucking phone around. But, um, I turned it around and Sonny actually saw the two orbs. But mm-hmm. um, I, didn't, I didn't really care about the orbs this time. I was trying to figure out what this weird thing was. This little distorted cloak surface. And it, um, it's like the circular, whenever it did like a big circle over the top of my apartment, it did that a few times. And um, I ran to the house at once and tried to go to the front of my apartment to, you know, see it because I thought it was staying back there. But, um, I don't know. I can't say that I recorded that one, but Sonny can. Um, yeah, no, can so Sonny, Sonny came on Butt Stuff and told us about it like a day or two after it had happened. And so yeah. he, he was like, he's like, I've been saving this story to tell you guys. So we, he told <laughs> us immediately about it. And he was like, he turned the camera and I was able to see it. Like he, he was so excited about it. And he was like, it just happened. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was bizarre, and um, it shattered my cousin's reality. He um, he was open to it. And he was open to it being real. Um, he was my roommate at the time, but he um, you know, he couldn't believe it. <laughs> I feel kind of bad for this. He was after what happened. He's like, Josh, what, do we need to like lock the doors or something? <laughs> and I told him, um, I said, don't worry, man, it's just a little butt probe. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um. No, he didn't like it though. I thought about afterwards like i should have been more you know thought about that was his first time ever seeing it um no sometimes you gotta and, bring a little humor to the situation so yeah that's all i was gonna say i was just trying to calm him down and he i was like you know right as somebody who's had their first experience how how much it does change you and somebody who's i think me you and brie are all i can say that um we we're privileged to have a lot of experiences and see a lot of things in the skies. And when it happens really frequently, the, um, uh, the heaviness of witnessing a UFO is kind of lifted. It becomes a lot more lighthearted. You talk about it a lot more like, Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that, whatever. So I think that your interactions with people also tend to become that way too, because you become a lot more desensitized to it compared to somebody who's just seeing it for the first time. Yeah. A lot more comfortable with it. Um, Yeah, definitely. I forgot to mention earlier about the C5 thing at the beach. Uh, Bobby, um, she couldn't make it that night, but she called me afterwards. She didn't know anybody out there, any of us. And she said, I couldn't make it, but I did a remote viewing for y'all. And at this time, I didn't even know if I believed in remote viewing or not. And uh, I knew what it was. So I'm like, yeah, really? Um, well, tell me what you saw. And she said, well, I saw a circle. And first time thinking, you know, she could have guessed that, you know, if we're meditating in a circle. But then she says, I, it was really hard for me to see, though, because there was a white flashing light. And I'm just like, whoa, you know, just 
they, they just, I don't know, I guess after that, that's what made me start believing in the whole remote viewing thing. Like I said, she didn't know anybody out there. Yeah, absolutely. That is intense. So is that the um, kind of like where everything led up to? Is that where are we now in present time in your story? Um, there's a lot of little things scattered around it. I haven't mentioned them. Uh, I kind of lose count of things. Uh, I, the shadow figure I saw a couple days, a few days after the video that y'all saw at Chris's. Mm-hmm. That um, so that night I was still really I was just on like a just high on life for like a, a good week or so mm-hmm. after that you know um, and that experience with Chris that I got on video the first one it's really what made me get to the point where I thought to myself you know I don't care anymore if people believe it or not you know I, I know it's real I've got proof of it and um I'm just like ecstatic I'm talking to someone on the phone and I lay down that night to go to sleep. And as soon as I lay on my bed, I see what looks like a three or four foot tall um, shadow. You know, like uh, it wasn't like a shadow on the wall. You know, this is like a physical 3D shadow figure. And it just it walked straight by and spooked the hell out of me, to be honest. Um, now, I didn't feel threatened, but I just I'd never heard of it. I didn't feel comfortable with something being in my home like that, you know. And um, it's just, uh, I don't know, like uh, y'all were saying already, it might not have been anything bad. I've asked a few people, some people say, you know, maybe it was, you know, a deceased loved one or something just coming to visit you after, after my experience. Or, I'm not sure, really. Yeah, I think sometimes you can you can definitely it's like a feeling like you can feel negativeness or you can feel scared or I think it all just comes down to what you're feeling about a situation. I think when we're talking about things that are happening on the other side of the veil, the paranormal, the extraterrestrial, the multidimensional, we don't really necessarily have the (laughs) ability to conceptualize what it is that looks like. So maybe it only appears to us as, you know, flashes and dark figures and things like that, because it's that's really the only thing like our brains can compare about it mm-hmm. yeah and i usually only see the orbs whenever i'm if i'm like having negative emotions i usually don't see anything <clears throat> it's usually whenever i'm having more positive you know you know i guess mm-hmm. uh, yeah like just high high vibrations you know that's usually the times when i see them that's 100 percent. yeah absolutely i've told people before uh, it might sound strange to people but um I believe in, I'm not like, I don't want to say something wrong here. Um, I believe in a higher power. I believe in afterlife, like more than I ever have now since Mm -hmm. I've had these experiences. Um, Yeah, just for me, the fact that there's something like that, you know, that can do these things, you know, it almost seems like magic sometimes. It might sound really cheesy, but, you know, seeing like a ball of light just pop out of thin air, that's just, it's mind blowing to me. And it makes me feel like they're, I don't know. I feel like some of them could be spiritual, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm, um, absolutely. Yeah, it just strengthened my belief in the afterlife. Has it shifted, though, do you think, to like a conventional um, thought of the afterlife where people are like, <clears throat> it's usually in like a religious context when people talk about <clears throat> the afterlife. Do you think they are more aligned with that, or do you kind of find yourself creating your own thoughts of what the afterlife could be? Yeah, kind of like my own. Um, I believe there's 
there's truth in religion, um, probably all religions, but I know there's also a lot of things that get, you know, um, I don't want to offend anybody, but there's misinformation or things that get, you know, like, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I can't think of the word. There's things that get, you know, uh, over time, things in religious texts that get uh, translated, I guess, a different way. Um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say right now. But what I'm getting at is I feel like religion is like divides and puts people and it divides and frightens and like spirituality that like unites people and enlightens mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and um I just I, I don't know how to explain it really. I just um I believe I do believe that there's truth in religion. I just don't think it was ever supposed to divide people, you know. Um I feel like religions might have turned more into like a government type thing, you know, to pe- keep people in control and keep them in check and in fear. And that's not what it was ever supposed to do. I think that for sure. All religions, mm-hmm. really, yeah. Um, all religions, you know, they're the main things that I, I get out of them is that we're we're all connected. There's something bigger than us, and um, and just like love each other, really. Yeah, absolutely. Love each other. One hundred percent. That was a good note to end on. If the story is done, um, it's like any final thoughts Josh has, or any other ones you wanted to tell. I know there's some things that I'm I'm leaving out, but um, you know what? That's okay because let's leave it slightly open so that you can come back and tell us more experiences and about the new ones you have that are going to happen very soon. <laughs> I do. I do have one really into the woo experience okay tell um, us tell us love into the woo uh, really (laughs) okay Um, people really like me telling this um okay i'm gonna say i do not know for a fact that this man was what he claimed to be i have a story about this man that i met who claimed to be an anunnaki really really odd give it to us um (laughs) okay so one day i had to go to court for like a traffic ticket and um, afterwards, um, the Cape Fear River, the same river that I had my, my first sighting, well, same one that Chris did. Um, it's the same river here in Wilmington, but it's an hour and a half away from Fayetteville. <clears throat> um, it's right next to the court, courthouse where I was at. After I got out of court, I, um, I just had a lot on my mind. I, um, I decided to walk down to the river, and I was just standing there, um, just like looking at the water for a minute, just relaxing. And this random guy just came up out of nowhere and he said hey i know you he said you're me and i'm you and i'm just like what and like this guy he um he was like light-skinned he um he had a cane he was he was younger he's like about my age he had one of those uh one of those hats kind of like a fedora type thing or something um um he's really animated guy it's really bizarre but he says, um, I know you, you're me, and I'm you, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, okay, like, this guy is, like, batshit crazy, you know? And, um, but, you know, he came straight to me, and um, he starts saying some stuff, and I'm about ready to walk away, but, like, I kind of play along with him for a second. I'm like, oh, are you saying that because, like, um, you know, we're all connected, you know? And he said, yeah, exactly. And um, he says something, he tells me, um, says, I'm an Anunnaki. <laughs> I'm just like, what? And um, he says, yeah, he says, I'm an Anunnaki. And, um, <sighs> said some stuff and I started realizing real quick like this guy was actually extremely smart like just I could tell by the way he was talking by the thing that he was saying 
and I tell him, I'm like, um, man, that's what you are. Um, I thought that the Anunnaki were bad. And he goes, no, he says, um, a lot of them are. He said, um, a lot of them are just mad that you keep, um, <laughs> this is exactly what he did. He had the cane. He said, a lot of them don't like the fact that y'all take your gifts and you keep fucking everything up. And he spun his cane around when he said that. <laughs> it was really odd. Um, like I'm saying, I don't know if this guy was really an Anunnaki, but it's synchronicity things that go with it. Yeah. That I can't deny, you know, whether people believe this or not, um, or I believe he was an Anunnaki. I experienced everything I'm telling you. So he, um, he takes his cane and he points it up to his son and he goes, look at that. Look at how beautiful it is. <laughs> then, um, so it gets really weird. I mean, the whole thing is weird. He points at his son and then he turns around and almost points the cane at me. Mm. He turns around and he's got his cane pointed straight out and the, I swear to God, like a dragonfly landed on the tip of his cane immediately. Like he sensed it coming or something. Oh. And like he goes, look, that's a sign. You know, like it lands on it for a second and it starts flying away and he's like falling the dragonfly with his cane. And I'm, you know, this is weirding me out really. Um, um, he, he says a few things to me and then he tells me that he, they operate in time differently than we do. And um, I'm like, what are you talking about, man? And he tells me to pull out my phone. He said, I'm going to show you. He said, let me see your phone and put it next to my phone. And um, I look at it. First, I said, like, dude, you better not try to take my fucking phone. And um, I pull it out. And he goes, um, look at what time it is my phone. And I look at his phone. And I saw the time. And saw my time on my phone. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I didn't pull out my phone until after this happened. I'm sorry. He pulled out his phone first. And he said, look at the time on my phone. And I look at it, and I'm like, okay, like, what are you getting at? And he hands me his phone, and he says, cut it off and cut it back on. And I restart his phone, and when I cut it back on, it had went back five minutes. And I'm just like, how the fuck did you do that, man? And he just um, he smiles, and he's like, um, he says, I can't give away my secrets. And then, like, I pull out my phone, and my phone had the same exact time. And I'm just, like, really thrown off. And, like, as I'm looking at my phone... I've got this tattoo right here. I don't know if you can see this. Say, um, God, I've got a tattoo right here. You see that, right? Infinity symbol. He sees the tattoo on my my arm. He says, um, let me see that tattoo real quick. And um, I flip open my arm, and um, I'm sorry. I want to make sure I don't leave out anything. Um, I'm sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Take your time, love. Exactly. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. I knew it was just something major else again. He takes his phone and he takes a picture of my tattoo. And I go, well, I, I was like, dude, what the fuck? What is that for? And um, he goes, just something to remember you by. And um, I was like, well, dude, if you're fucking on Naki, why would you even need that? And he goes, um, really, I just want to make sure it sticks. And then right after he said that, uh, a siren to an ambulance goes off. <laughs> and he goes, that's my sign. I need to leave. And he just walks away. And I'm literally standing there just weirded out and I, I said out loud I was like what the fuck just happened <laughs> um, so um, the next day after this happened I call Chris Jr. Chris Blitzer Jr. and I'm saying telling him about this and he's like dude that's so fucking weird whenever I tell him about the tattoo part he goes whoa he's like Josh um, look at your phone I'm about to send you something it's got you weirder he sends me a, tat or a picture He's got an infinity ta symbol tattoo on his upper arm. And I didn't know this because I hadn't seen Chris in person for a little while before when this happened. And it's an infinity symbol, but it's the Aurora Boris, you know, the snake that's eating itself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. um, that weird. Um, yeah. So that like really weirded me out because I never told anybody this, but I got this infinity symbol tattoo on my honeymoon with my ex-wife, and mm. I was I was planning on changing this, uh, covering up with your royal boars as an infinity symbol tattoo, just like Chris Bledsoe Jr. had. And then wow. on top of this, on on top of this. I find out that he came to Wilmington an hour and a half away from Fayetteville where he lives a few years back and he got that tattoo done in a tattoo shop that was less than half a mile from where I was at. Wow. At the yeah, that's that just like just blew my mind. I just I couldn't believe it. It's still weird as hell to me. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not saying this guy wasn't on a knocky, but uh, maybe I don't know, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he was you know being channeled or what you know it's just so too many coincidences you know too many coincidences 100 percent. still weirds me out what's that say this guy has some really really intense experiences yeah i used to i didn't tell that story for a long time because i thought it was just really out there and but it it happened you know whether Mm -hmm. he was what he said he was that happened and the synchronicities they were, they were there, you know. Hundred percent. It sounds like you are honestly like just on the very beginning of your journey, and you have. I feel like you're just gonna have so many more experiences and have so many more sightings that are like in your future, and I'm really excited for all of those things to happen to you. Yeah, he's he's not slowed down. It's sped up actually. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like you're. It's this is where you're like. It's like woo. Everything's gonna get very real very quickly, and it has mm-hmm. been. It sounds like. Definitely. Um, yeah, it was around like uh, November and a little bit of December. That was the one time where I had like a little dry spell or whatever. Where I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. I, because I, was just, I was dealing with a lot of personal stuff. But um, other than that, it's not slow down. It's, um, yeah, I've had other people see him with me. Um, a girl I was talking to a little while back, she saw one with me. There's two little orange orbs that were one was sitting here, one was like above it, and they both faded away after she pointed them out. And um both looked at them and they both vanished. And she's like, she didn't know anything about this. She was like, What the hell was that? And I just started laughing. And she got really weirded out. And um, I didn't want to just like shatter her reality and tell her, you know, everything. Um <laughs> I don't know. I just told her it's a phenomenon. She said, What what does that mean? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I told her that you don't really you really don't want me to get into it. I said, for one, it would take me hours to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I've had such a good time here telling you all this. Yeah, Josh, you know what? Thank you so much for coming. And like I said, like I want you to come back as you have more experiences mm-hmm. and talk to us about them more because like I said, I don't think that they're slowing down anytime soon for you. I think you're just gonna have more and more and I feel like you're gonna have more and more opportunities to document and and you know keep track of all these things that are happening to you. Mm-hmm. And I do have like a little cold right now, so if that was noticeable, sorry. Oh no, you're fine. No. <clears throat> Not at all. All right, so I just want to tell everyone in the chat right now that we do have Josh's link down in the bottom of this description. We have his Twitter and we have his YouTube down there for you guys. So you guys can go and please subscribe to him and follow him on Twitter so you guys can see his show and you guys can follow all of his updates and uh, updates on this incredible story that is, you know, still in progress. Can I I say something? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. The channel real quick. Um, First off, um, 
I started doing this channel just because I I love talking to other people about their experiences. And like it started out, you know, kind of weirded me out. I went through a freak out phase, but now and I never planned on any of this happening. I just started getting on here and it just all kind of fell into place. Just yep. You know, just meeting all these people and you know, I just I I love hearing it and I feel like we're all just puzzle pieces, you know, just trying to figure this out. Um so I wanted to say announce like a couple of guests that I have coming on. Yeah, please. Um, so um, I believe, I think February 4th, I, I need to look, I have Terry Lovelace coming on. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, this Sunday, actually, um, I have uh, Wayne and um, my mind went blank, uh, Michigan Paranormal or Michigan UFO and Paranormal. Uh, Very nice. Be on, him and his wife. Um, Barbara Jean Lindsay, she's going to be on Valentine's Day. Ooh. And there's somebody else I'm forgetting right now, but I'll update y'all. Yeah, cool. absolutely. You yeah. have some Line very up. cool guests coming up. I love it. And I'd love to get you two on there sometime. Anytime, babes. You know that. Talk to us in the DMs. We'll schedule some stuff. For sure. Um, but, man. I've been talking You're to Ben, uh, from ben and Joe from the UFO Garage. I plan on getting them on sometime Ooh, soon. Yes, 100%. You have to. Fun. Yeah, they were the first channel that I ever went on myself, so I got to get them on. Fun time with them. Fun times. All right, my mm. loves, we are going to end abduction hotline here. I love you guys all so much. Josh, thank you so much for coming on and just like opening it up and like Very being sweet. honest and, and telling your experiences. Like that's what this whole show is about. Like it's just a safe, open space to just like let out all the things that have happened to you without, you know, having like a bunch of questions or judgment or things like that. Because I think sometimes... You just need to talk about it. And you just need people around you who understand exactly mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, just subbed. Well, just subbed. Oh, get it. Get it. Okay. Yes, everyone, please go follow Josh. Yeah, go follow Josh. Podcast. And we will see you guys later tonight. We have another butt stuff coming on. And I believe next week we'll be having a live abduction hotline. So you guys in the chat will be able to stream yard in. We'll do a whole show. I believe we're going to do that on like Thursday or something like that. So we love you guys all. We'll see you guys on love the next stream. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. And thank you again, Josh. Yeah, bye, -bye. Thank you, Josh. Mm -hmm. No problem.